Hello and welcome to the second of our parenting podcasts um, and today we're going to be talking about homeschooling um, and I've got a bunch of teachers with us um, who are going to just share some experience, share some some tips, hopefully um, kind of relax us and release some tension um, and we just, our heart with, with both of these parents and podcasts is we just want to, we want to equip with, with, equip parents, we want to connect with parents um, we want you to feel like you're not on your own, um, but we also want to just yeah help you as much as we can. So we've got um, we've got some teachers and some people with experience of teaching and working with uh, children and young people. So I'm going to let the guys introduce themselves. Um, I'm going to start with Mark. Mark, tell us who you are and a bit of your background. So my name's Mark. I'm a maths teacher in a high school in in Samwell. Um, Perry Fields. So that's that's my my background. Been doing it for a long time, thirty plus plus years. So I've got lots of experience there. Great. And some parents might be familiar with you, Mark, because you've helped us out a few times in revision crew. Um, yeah. And just just to say, one 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 of our young people um, was predicted a low C for her GCSEs a year or two ago, um, and because of the work that you and a couple of other maths teachers were able to do with her in crews. She actually got a B in the end, so she was predicted to scrape a C and got a B, and that's thanks to, to some of the time that you were able to put in. So, um, so well done, and thank you for that. You're obviously a very good maths teacher. Uh, Liz, do you want to tell us a bit about you? Um, yeah, I've been teaching 18 years, um, a variety of schools. Um, I'm a math specialist teacher um, in primary, and currently a deputy head at a school in Sandwell as well. Great. And I have children of my own. Yeah, all, all been through the youth ministry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. That makes me feel very old all of a sudden. <laughs> um, Beth, do you want to tell us a little bit about you? Uh, yes, so my name's Beth. Um, I am um, an English teacher. I've been teaching for probably 13 years, I think, although with a couple of breaks in between um, to work with university students and then specifically with young people with mental health and emotional well-being kind of stuff going on. And now I'm working in a specialist unit for um, kids in Sandwell who maybe have got some extra stuff going on and um, that means they can't access mainstream schools. Right. And then finally, Sarah. Hi, everybody. Um, I'm Sarah. I'm the additional needs coordinator here at Life Central Church. Um, so I'm very involved in the next gen team um, and all of the different um, events and programs that would normally be running outside of lockdown. Um, but also as a work background, I've got 20 years of experience working in the health and social care sector, both in care services and community and education services with children, young people and vulnerable adults. So right across the spectrum. Um, and currently I'm self-employed as a management consultant in the health and social care sector. So doing a lot more kind of background development work um, and working with community organisations to help them to be um, more accessible and inclusive as well. So brilliant and um, so we're gonna we're gonna dig into this, to some content but i thought just a light question to kick us off what's been your go-to like choice of snack during lockdown for me personally i've had a lot of crisps um a lot of chili heat wave doritos has been my go-to snacks um and some skittles as well that's what i've been smashing um anyone else what's been what's what's been your um go-to snack anything chocolate 
um, every t- every time someone goes out to the shops from from the house here, um, I'm like, Can you just just add some chocolate onto the onto the shopping list, and particularly particularly Galaxy. I love the Galaxy salted caramel, um, like the gooey in the middle one. It's amazing. Nice. Mine's the Go ultimate on. ultimate comfort food of malt loaf. <laughs> With a nice thick load of butter on it, yeah, not great, <laughs> but good. Nice, Sarah. What's your snack of choice? I'm a savoury girl as well, so lots of crisps. Um, but I've really been getting into mini baby bell cheeses. They've been my favourite <laughs> snack of choice. Yeah. Very good. Um, I've got a favourite biscuit called a lotus biscoff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love them, and they dip in coffee really really well and they're only 38 calories a biscuit so you can you can have one or two during a day and still look after your figure (laughs) (laughs) brilliant brilliant and so obviously like a few weeks ago school shut down um and you know it was like suddenly everybody who has been sending their kids off to receive education at schools are now parents are, are trying to balance working from home and doing home education some parents have been furloughed and trying to make the best of home education and um, it's a real a real balance what for you are some of the, the struggles that you're maybe hearing parents from your schools talk about or, or life central parents and um, what are some of the biggest struggles of homeschooling um, during the lockdown i think um I think probably one of the biggest things I'm hearing from from friends um, who are who are suddenly doing this is um, the weight that comparison is having on them. Um, they're seeing um, they're seeing people kind of say, "Oh well, we've done this with the kids, or we've done that, and um, this was an amazing oh. lesson, or we've done this." And it's got you know, and I think a lot of a lot of parents that I've spoken to are then getting really fearful actually that um, that what they're doing isn't isn't enough or isn't um, isn't like isn't exciting enough or isn't jazzy enough and I think um for me like I say a lot of a lot of the parents I'm speaking to are saying you know we're constantly comparing ourselves to other people and kind of the highlights for the people's experiences with the low lights of my kids just had a meltdown and has told me that they're going to throw the book in my face and 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 there's a lot of that kind of comparison going on and, and parents are really struggling with that and feeling like they're not doing right for their children Hi, and I think the younger the children are, the harder it is. I think as they get a little bit older, you have those moments of independent learning. I know um, some of the parents I've been talking to at school, they're finding that that, that no break. So they as soon as their child wakes up before them and then it's all day until sort of, you know, half seven, they're with, that, with their child and it's really demanding. And then they're struggling to get that um, balance between doing their own work and looking after their children. So, you know, the educa- not just the education stuff, but the whole picture. Mark? I think, I think one of the, with maths-wise, I think the I'm picking is a lack of confidence that parents have with maths that maybe they don't have with other subjects. I mean, that's a general, a general thing. So I think there's that. I think for the kids as well, certainly high school kids, that they're missing the banter. Just the, the camaraderie of their, their, their classmates, which is a massive part of, of, of school. The, the band, you know, they challenge each other, they support each other, they encourage each other. And, and they're missing that. They're trying to do it on their own and they're never doing it on their own at, at, at school. It's not just the, the, the teacher that's feeding into them. They're, they're mates and the people around and um, feed into them as well. And I imagine they're really missing it, like 
you know, having other people around them just egging them on when they're, uh, when they're trying to work from, from home like that. Sarah, did you want to add? Yeah, I think um, it's an obvious one, but for a lot of children and young people, um, they're missing their routine. They're missing uh, the structure of their day and also the structure of their week. Um, if you think about how our days are normally carved up, there are different people that are present for different moments throughout our day. And one of the difficult things about um, homeschooling and parents being everything is that the, the children aren't getting that usual change of face in the parts of their routine that they would be used to. And, and whilst that's a challenge for all families who are having to do this, it's particularly difficult for children who um, really struggle with change and um, their, their routine, their normal routine, which is predictable for them, forms some part of them feeling safe and calm and settled and comfortable uh, and so this causes a, a massive amount of pressure in the family environment which which can knock onto the whole day then because if some part of the routine doesn't work as it's predicted to that that can can uh, affect the, the the atmosphere of the household and and how everybody functions for the rest of the day because it's been disrupted so um routine's a massive massive one um and also parent having to play more than one role in the family household is, is a real challenge as well. Mm, yeah, I um, I listened to uh, the Peter Crouch podcast, which is obviously a very educational podcast. Um, it's basically just an ex-footballer talking nonsense. Um, but he was talking about him having to do um, homeschooling. And he was like, so I've been teaching the kids about the Normans. And basically, I was listening to this footballer just spout off all this knowledge that he learned about the Normans and I'm just imagining because I'm, I'm not a parent myself I'm imagining lots of parents having to access information that they thought they didn't need anymore and suddenly going oh yeah how do you do algebra what how do you, I can't remember the periodic table and like all of a sudden like parents having to to, to conjure up stuff that they thought that they could, could forget and almost Maybe even some kids are teaching parents some stuff, um, and parents are learning lots. And um, what what for you guys are some some best practices for parents when it comes to homeschooling? I mean, we've already touched on routine. Um, is there anything more to say about that? And are there any other things that that parents can pick up? I think the routine is really important. I think for all children, not just those children who um, normally struggle with change. I think we're all struggling with change and it provides that some, uh, certainty. And I think it should be not a um, routine that's put upon a child, even young children. I think you need to say, this is the day. These are the things we've got to achieve and we want to have some fun and then build that routine together and make sure you know, there's the exercise in it. The meals are pretty standard when they're going to happen and you can predict what's going to happen. And there's some quite time for reading in the day and there's an opportunity to do some chores um, throughout the day so that you're not telling the child what they're going to do you're giving the opportunity we have to do these things but these are the fun things we can do and how we're going to structure the day um, and it happens the same every day really important routine go on Sarah yeah just to kind of build on that I think um 
some kids work really well to having a visual prompt about what their routine looks like so that it's predictable they can see what's coming next so finding a way in your home it could be using a whiteboard a chalkboard it could be on a piece of paper you could do it on the computer on the ipad but kind of a really simple kind of like timetable or routine idea um some children can cope with looking at the whole day like that some children that would be too much information for them and they would simply need what's happening now and what's happening next so that they can focus on the task in hand and they know the next thing they're transitioning to and i think the really important thing about that is is is, is like liz was saying it's it's movable it's not set in stone but the child feels they've got some control within that structure um, and you can adapt as you go through the day so recognizing like all of the stuff we're doing at the moment is predominantly online it's a lot of screen time and children's concentration spans are going to be even shorter than they normally would be at the moment because what you can process and digest on screen and interact with is very very different to what you do physically and in person so um, I think being conscious of that when you're looking at the sequence of the activities in your day in your routine building in change so you're doing you're having a screen break you're doing something physical it could be a household chore it could be some what we call heavy work where you're like pushing a hoover or you know doing something that's really using your muscles for a bit it could be going outside it could be doing a joe wicks class whatever it is but you're changing up those activities so that the brain's having time to kind of have a rest from the screen think you know switching to a different mode for a bit then you're coming back building some sensory stuff you know helping with the cooking all sorts of things you can do but just to make sure that routine stays there but that it's it's varied and there's not too much screen time in in long goes really and i think um i think kind of linking into that is it's really important to take breaks and to kind of um to make sure that you're realistic like we don't when we're working in schools when we're teaching your children we don't fit and teach your children for six hours straight that's not how we operate in a school um it, it wouldn't be it wouldn't even be how we'd want to operate in school because that's not how that's not how adults work either like think really think really sensibly about what what is realistic you're probably and i think everyone here will probably say this you're probably going to be getting sent home more work than your children can do from school i know certainly we we've sent home more work than children are likely to be able to achieve because actually we want to provide them with options and and different things to try and different things to do so actually being realistic, your child is not going to study solidly for six hours in a day. And do you know what? They don't need to. Um, and they, sh they shouldn't, especially at the moment. If you think about how much you're struggling to kind of process what's going on, imagine being, um, being a small child or imagine being a teenager and experiencing all of these things and, and not really knowing how to process them. So I think one of my best practice um, kind of tips would be be realistic and also um, don't take it personally if your young person or your children have a bit of a stop at you because actually again that's that's what we deal with at school we see we see young people not be able to cope um, when they're struggling with a new concept or when they've had a bit too much of something or like you know sometimes you will you will be the bad guy because you're trying to encourage them gently through through their work and actually just don't take it personally they're, they're needing to let off steam sometimes and they love you and you're going to be the person that's safest to let that out to at the moment um, so just, yeah, don't take it personally if they have a bit of a meltdown. That's, that's really normal. Hey, uh, yeah, just one thing. I, I, I think with, once you get to secondary school, I think that's when parents are probably feeling a bit more out of their depth. Um, 
because there's all sorts of different subjects you're trying to you, you think well, how, do, how do I possibly teach this or that and there are and just to use the internet there are loads of fantastic resources on the on the internet I mean at our school we use maths watch and my maths so one of your schools they might the, the kids might have a your kids might have a, a login for either one of those and they've got great video content that explains on there and there's two more just come on since uh, we went back after Easter, which is Bite Size. Um, the BBC put daily lessons on there. The National Oak Academy. There's loads of, that's just come online. And that, there's loads of lessons on there. So there's lots of uh, video content to have, a, to have a, a look at to help you with the expert. And because they're video, you can, you can pause, you can watch again. Um, and I think another thing I would like to say, at, let your kids, you know, where possible, it doesn't match if they're doing this work with somebody else. If they've got, if they're on Zoom and they've got their book to the side of where it happens that to be and they're working with, with, with maids, that's what works for them at school. That's what encourages them at, at school. So let them have that connection. Don't, don't worry if they're doing it with, uh, with, with somebody else. That's a, that will encourage them to, to keep going and motivate them to, to keep going, I think. Mm. And that's really good. I think that might be something that parents haven't thought about suggesting to, to their to their kids as saying, Hey, why don't you why don't you FaceTime or why don't you, you know, set up a Zoom call with some of your, your classmates and try and work on it together and bounce off and are you struggling with that question or can you get your head around that problem and, and all of that? I think I think that'd be that'd be so, so good. And I love the idea of routine. I've been amazed for me. Uh, working from home of how important meal times have come before me like I'm reaching half 10 11 o'clock and all I'm excited about is what I'm having for lunch and like almost the first conversation that I'm having with my wife every day is what are we having for lunch today because I want to know what am I looking forward to with the middle of the day and and it sounds like I'm acting like a four-year-old and I probably am a little bit but if it's important to me and my emotional state, then it's going to be important to, for our kids and our young people. And um, what, what for you guys are some of the things that we can, parents should really focus their energy on? And what are some things that parents we can say, hey, don't stress about that too much. You can just relax on that. And um, what for you are, are like the key things to keep hold of and the key things to just let go a little bit? I think, again, instead of, instead of sitting down and doing massive chunks of work all in one go, focus on on helping your your child or your young person do little and often like it's we always say this with revision for exams we always say little and often is the best way to do it and actually i think at the moment for, for homeschooling it's the same don't don't sit them down and expect them to do the whole morning Andy, you you're saying you're looking forward to lunch you probably have a break mid-morning as well where you you know you do a walk or you watch a bit of tv or you read a book or you so i think try to try to help your your young person understand actually little bits and little bits and little bits will help keep their brain going and it will help give them something to focus on that's not like looking at the news or looking at, at you know at tiktok or whatever um but that will that will like it will keep them thinking about things and it will keep challenging them but bit by bit by bit rather than just in one go that can feel really intense i think and really especially if they're feeling a lot of the young people i work with really suffer from anxiety um, and so I think everybody's anxiety levels, there was, I was reading something the other day that says all of us are experiencing at the moment some level of trauma um, because of what's happening. And so actually, 
your your young person might not normally be very anxious is potentially going becoming more and more so you're becoming more and more so so little and often don't push it all in one go and, and really you know really break it up for yourself and for them yeah just off the back of um what beth's saying really um i i, I think for all of us as, as humans regardless of whether we're a child a, a young person an adult whether we've got additional needs or not um we all need to work from a basis of having our basic needs met before we try and do anything more complex. And I think for parents, it's really important to recognise that um, in the midst of putting pressure on themselves to be teacher and to make sure all of these lessons happen and all of this content gets covered, sometimes there's probably a bit of a tendency to overlook basic needs. And, and that's things like, has your child slept properly? are they hungry are they thirsty is the environment that they're working in suitable for them to concentrate is there background noise going on you know have they had a lot of screen time already uh, and actually they're struggling they're just overloaded and they're struggling to process anything at the moment so they do they need to change their activity or have a rest for a bit and it's just thinking about those some of those really basic needs we all have them we all have sensory needs. Um, I, for example, I'm, you can see I'm talking with my hands if you're watching this, but you won't be able to see on the podcast. Uh, I'm a very physical person. I'm a fidget. I can't sit still for long periods of time. I have to move about. Um, sometimes that means getting up and walking around. Sometimes that means I need to go and like go for a run or punch a, a kick bag or something like that. Um, so bear in mind with your children they're going to need those sensory breaks as well you're in a much smaller environment than they would be at school in in home they haven't got the space to wander around they they haven't necessarily got the space to go and take themselves off for a bit if they need to just physically shut themselves away from everything just to re-regulate themselves so i think just be mindful of basic needs and don't put pressure on yourself about doing the complex stuff like Beth says, little and often, and make sure the basic needs are being met and pay attention to those small details that make a massive difference for, for kids being able to concentrate and engage in learning. Just have a quick back of what she's just saying about, um, Sarah's just saying about basic needs, that's really important, but I also am really aware that you know, there's a lot of content and the, even as a math specialist that I am, reading is really important for our little ones. Our primary school children, reading is where it's at. And actually, reading a little bit every day is much better than we've been saying you know, a lot here. Don't spend hours. The same with reading. Make sure it's lots of little... Uh, ask them questions about what they're reading. So listen to them read your primary school children every day and ask them questions. Ask them to predict. So read a couple of pages. So what do you think is going to happen? Then get them to summarise what they've said and perhaps talk about it a little bit later. Um, but also, it, it, a lot of work has been done about um, them listening to other people read. Mm -hmm. So choosing a book that they can't actually access, that's actually written at, at not at their level, but much higher. And there was a, a, some research done in Scotland, and they had a score where they the teachers picked a book that was picked higher than their children and read it to them. And the amount of progress those children made, I think it was like six, they made nine months progress. The poorest children made nine months progress in six weeks for listening to a novel that was harder than they should for 15, 20 minutes and a few questions about, about that novel. But it wasn't a major lesson. It wasn't huge. It was, that was the initiative. So 15, 20 minutes of a book that's harder than they should be reading. So they, and then you need to model reading as a grown up, not reading on your, your tablet, 
sorry, you've got to go and get a book, a book, and sit and read and demonstrate it. And if you can do that and you can have a quiet 25, 10 minutes where you're sitting reading and they see you do that, that is, that would make, um, they'll have, the progress they will have made, if you just manage to do that, in one day, if you've heard your child read, I'd read to them, and they've seen you read, that's been a great day for a primary school child. And you can throw some maths in as well. And that's a math specialist. So <laughs> maths is really important, really, really important. <laughs> and I, I think, and this is going to be hard to, I think you've, what the parents have got to do is relax about the falling behind. Um, I, think, I think I can understand that it's something that does worry them, but we're well aware um, at, at, at school how more difficult it is to learn at home remotely than it is at school so mm-hmm. my my at home job yesterday was to amend a, a scheme of work that's coming up where I had to pick out the things that I thought you could learn at home and those things I said no we're gonna have to leave those till we're back in school again and we will be back in school again um, <laughs> so that the stuff that we're sending home is stuff that we think can be accessed at home and then the other thing we've already been talking about on, on Zoom, Zoom meetings with is how we're going to plug the gaps when we get back. We're already thinking about how we're going to, how we're going to do that. Um, so that we're, you know, we're, we're aware that um, we can't just, um, you know, that there are going to be some gaps to, to plug. And we're already looking at that and we're thinking about what we send home as well. So to relax about, about falling behind because we, we know we've got to ad- address that when we get back. We're just not going to pick up where we left off. Mm. That's really, really helpful, guys. I mean, we, we've talked a, a, a fair bit about, about kind of looking after the, the, the well-being and the mental health side of, of our children and young people. Are there any other, other tips that you guys want to offer that the parents can be doing to make sure that they're, their kids are not just educationally healthy, but are emotionally and, and physically healthy uh, in this season. If anyone wants to jump in on that, yeah, go for it, Beth. I think what Liz was saying um, about modelling um, modeling reading is really relevant here because actually, I think modelling what it means to deal with your to deal with your mental health well is going to be really really important. And I don't mean you've got to model what really positive mental health looks like because as parents. Um, you might well be dealing with with a lot of, of difficulties in that area, but model what it looks like to then pick those things up well. So if you as a parent are saying it's really important for your mental health to go out and get some exercise, but you're not doing that yourself, that's going to be really difficult for your young people to hear. So like model the things that are going to be really helpful to them about exercise, about eating well, about um, about talking well to people. And, and model to them as well what it means like to acknowledge that you're struggling with things because I think this is really important teenagers can look at adults and go well you've got it all together so you know you can't teach me anything maybe you need to say to them be honest about where you're where you are obviously it's different for younger kids but um but at whatever level they can manage say I'm having a tough day and how can we work through that or it seems to me like you're having a tough day what can I do to help you with that and really kind of have a conversation that specifically picks up mm. those things and acknowledges that it's okay to, to, to have a tough day and to struggle with that. It's mm. really good, Beth. You know, I was just thinking because you and Liz have both said about the reading thing, and mm. I'm not a person who naturally reads books a lot. Um, but I think, like, and I was thinking, well, well, if I'm a parent who's sitting there going, well, I don't read a lot, what, what can I do? And uh, 
It's interesting, my daily devotion this morning was about don't despise the day of small beginnings mm-hmm. and start where you can and yeah. start where you're at. And like I'm speaking to a lot of the youth team have started doing Couch to 5K because everyone's gone, I need to exercise healthily mm-hmm. in this in this season. So I'm going to start with an app that just gets me to run for a minute and walk for two. Mm-hmm. And I think like like if you're if you're a parent who does struggle with with exercise or with reading or like acknowledge that as a family and say, hey, I'm not very physically fit or I'm not good at reading, but I'm going to start where I can and I'm going to read a page of of, of a devotional. I'm going to read a page of a magazine. I'm going to read a page of something a day. And let's all start where we are and, and gradually build it up. Don't, don't try and read War and Peace in a day or don't try try and read run a marathon. You know, like start start where you are. Sarah, do you want to jump off the back of that? Yeah, off the, off the back of um, uh, what, what Beth was saying really about uh, having been able to talk about your feelings and, and kind of express how you're feeling. I think it's really good to, um, as a household to build a rhythm of every day checking in with each other. And every household is different, obviously. Um, if you've got teenagers, they communicate very differently than young children do, obviously. But it, it could be something like if you're all sitting around the dinner table together, that might be a time to do it or it might be for smaller children when you're putting them to bed at night um, you're reading the bedtime story building a rhythm of checking in so tell me the, some things about your day-to-day that have been difficult is there anything that you're worried about would you like to talk about it and then tell me the favorite part of your day let's talk about something positive so really encouraging them to get build that rhythm of of, of thinking about good stuff as well so not just focusing on the things that they're missing and that are negative but actually finishing the day on the positive is a lovely thing to do um so that yeah that that would be a, re- a really key thing i think and then also the the kind of the idea of reward and incentive as adults we all reward ourselves don't we you know we finish a, a piece of work or a phone call or a zoom meeting and we we go into the kitchen and we reach for something in the fridge or we have a biscuit or we have a piece of cake or you know at the end of the day we might have a glass of wine in front of the tv or something um and we we, we need to recognize that that works that's how our brains work our brains like rewards so there's nothing wrong with I know people might say oh well children are supposed to do schoolwork we shouldn't be rewarding them for it of course we should because it's you know it's it's recognition of you've done something well um it keeps you motivated um I saw a great thing the other day on Instagram uh, one of one of my friends I think who Andy knows as well um has got small children and they had a, a monopoly board game set and it's the newer version where you've got the card reader thing and you get the debit cards and instead of getting the paper money you load up onto the cards as you buy and sell houses and stuff so they use their monopoly card reader things each of the kids in the household had a card and whenever they did a task or a piece of work or helped with a household chore or something the parents loaded on some money onto their card reader virtual money and then at the end of the day they had a little family disco and they they set up a tuck shop and the kids could spend their reward points in the tuck shop for sweets and treats and things now i mean that's that's a really really creative example and it might be something a lot simpler than that it might be after you've done your maths or your reading or whatever then you can spend half an hour playing your game 
or you can go on, you know, you can go on Minecraft or you can watch something on YouTube or, you know, but so it doesn't have to be specifically, I'm giving you a prize. It could just be, it's an activity or something I'm looking forward to doing later in the day. But by building that concept of reward into the day as well, it keeps the motivation going as well for the tasks. Cause we all have tasks that we don't enjoy so much as others, things that we're not so naturally inclined towards. And I think it's okay to accept that, you know, we're not all maths wizards we're not all good at English we're not all brilliant at geography we're not all creative um, and a lot of us are very fit but um, they're all still things that that might form part of our day so I think it's about recognizing that that need for reward as well and incentive and, and thinking about ways that your household could do that together there's no blueprint guys every household is different there is no blueprint your children are different they are unique you are unique as parents the way that you communicate as a household is different mm -hmm. so i think it's about thinking what's going to work for you as a family in a household that's great anything to add mark or liz i think uh, encourage them to stay connected with their with their friend. i mean if i've got a 19 year old in the house but it's great when I hear him laughing with his mates on, on uh, Xbox or screaming because he scored a goal on FIFA. You know, I know that that's, you know, that's just a sim for me that he's, he's connecting with his mates and that's okay. It's not physically connecting, but it, it still matters to him. And I think lots of kids, as they get older, that, a lot of the connections that way anyway. And that, you know, just to, you know, where it's positive, just encourage them with that. And I think as well, just model how we're connecting with God in these days and how God is just making an incredible difference in how we get through these days and how and modeling that to our to our kids just having worship music playing when when they when they when they come in the kitchen i've got ucb on or but we're just modeling how you know we are um engaging with god because we know he's the one who's going to help us through these days and that we model that to our to our to our kids is is, is really just about their mental Oh, sorry, Mark. Just about that mental health. I was just aware that um, it's not all on the parent. You know, this is one of the opportunities where you can get some outside help. There are grandparents, there are aunties, there are friends, and you can start setting up new relationships um, on Zoom and on um, whatever the platform is that you're using. Um, but that they might, your children, if you've been teaching them all day, you've got them up, you've, you're doing the everything, that actually somebody else checking in with them. And if you said in advance, you know, Perhaps you can set a scale score up where you tell granny what, what number you are today from zero to ten, that sort of thing. And you have I'll give them permission to talk to somebody alone, um, you know, a, a relative or a friend is, is a really good way of lessening the load. Um, and one just little thought about the incentivizing. Um, I wouldn't use your PlayStation or the screen time as an incentive if that's the moment of your sanity. If that 20 minutes when your child is on their electric time playing is your sanity. Don't use that as, as your carrot because if they don't make it, you can't then give it to them. And you're yeah. punishing yourself. If that's your 20 minutes where you sit and just <laughs> yeah. shake violently in the corner, you still need that little bit of time that's yours for your coffee or whatever. And so I'd be really careful about what you, if you choose that. I know I used to, my kids were little, it was a telly, you know, I'd need that time. And I wouldn't incentivize the telly because I'd want them to, that's so I could have some time. Mm, absolutely. And just what you were saying there, Liz, about, about connecting with other people, you know, in, in youth, we set up a one-to-one -one video chats, which you can request via the youth page on the Life Central website. And that's, that's there to support young people if they're struggling, but also just to connect on a number of one-to-one of -one calls uh, with young people where I'm just saying, how's it going? And just, just connecting and hanging out. 
and others who've been like, I'm really struggling and I want to talk about this and I'm worried about this and bang, 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 bang. And, and we're, we're putting that out like uh, and safely. We're, we're trying to encourage um, our, our young people to connect with the youth leaders. And if you've got younger kids and you think they benefit with some FaceTime um, and Zoom call with one of our kids' workers, like please do get in touch with me or get in touch with Amber. Um, we would love to set that up and, and support you guys as a family. And I think that's our heart with this podcast as for me as next gen pastors, we want to equip and partner with parents. Um, and, you know, we, we want you to know that you're not on your own, that we're with you, that we're cheering you on, that we're supporting you, that we're here to, as a shoulder to cry on. We're here as a, as a ideas board to bounce stuff off. We want to give you resources and use them as, as, as you see fit, really. We just want to support you in the home because parents, you're heroes, particularly at this time. You are absolute heroes and you do a phenomenal job. Um, just like very, very quick summary. Um, one thing that we've talked about or haven't talked about yet that you think if you do, if parents do nothing else from what they've heard in this podcast, but they do this, it will be a significant step forward. I'd love just a, like a, a 20 second summary from each of you of what's one thing you would say to do. And we'll go to Mark first. I think the thing I wrote down is that, that relaxing about falling behind. Don't beat yourself up about how, how well or not you think your your child's doing. You know, at school we're gonna we're gonna work to catch that, to close that gap again. Brilliant, Liz. My, just read and routine. Those are the two things. Just make sure you prioritise reading and you have some routines. That's it. Beth. Um, I think the most important thing to come out of at the end of this is not going to be the learning they've done. It's not going to be um, what they've advanced in or how they've made progress. The most important relationship is, uh, thing is going to be their relationship with you still being intact and healthy and their mental health still being, um, again, still being intact and healthy. If you can come out of, of lockdown with your relationship with your child still good or even better maybe, um, and if you can come out having supported them, making good decisions with their mental health, then, then you're winning, regardless of anything that's gone on with school. Finally, Sarah. Yeah, I, I think for me, it's it's all about communication. Um, it's kind of the root of everything else we do, isn't it? So, um, the, the the building the habit of checking in daily with each other as a household, I think, would be my top tip. Um, so the the conversation of is there anything that you found difficult today? Anything you're concerned about? Anything that's bothering you? Tell me about that. And then tell me something really great that's happened today or what's been the favourite part of your day. And if you're a praying household, then finish that conversation with prayer. Um, it's a great thing to do at bedtime um, if, if you are in the rhythm of doing that with your children at bedtime um, or, or around the dinner table when you're praying as a family, thanking God for your food. Um, so, yeah, building the habit of checking in with each other brilliant guys thank you so much for your time and um, to contribute to this i think it's been just an absolute gold mine of wisdom and helpful tips um i'm really honest um as well guys thank you so much and thank you if you are listening as well um, and please do get in touch and please do feel free to email me andy.hancock at lifecentralchurch.org.uk if we can support or help you or connect you with some teachers and connect you with other parents we would love to do whatever we can to support you in this season and remember it is a season this season will pass the schools will reopen you'll be able to go back to work 
we at some point we will exit lockdown um, and we will come out of this crisis. We don't know when and we don't know how, but we know um, that we will at some point and we know that God is good and we are praying for you. We're cheering you on. We, you are absolute heroes and we love you very, very much and we'll see you soon. Thank you for listening. Take care.